Hey, how you all doing? Welcome to episode 76 of the Hillcrest Duo, recorded on December, what is it, 23rd, 2017, two days before Christmas. I am your host. I am at, at Outsider Brad, Brad Risto, Outsider Brad on Twitter. I am joined by Metal John. He is at Metal John Radio on Twitter. I just walked over him. I am sorry, Metal. It's all right. I'm at Metal John Radio on Twitter. I am just- And Instagram. Yes, I well, I guess I have that on Instagram too. But I am just so excited. We got a great episode coming your way today. We've talked about it. Today seems like the perfect day. We're gonna talk about it. We're talking about Home Alone, and I suppose Home Alone Two, the Kevin McAllister version of Home Alone, because obviously they did a bunch of Home Alone movies. Great, uh, great Christmas movies. I know last year about this time we did our top Christmas movies. And yeah. Home Alone was uh, in our top three each. Yes. I know it was my number two. I believe it was your... Number three, I think? Number three? Okay. It was Just definitely, definitely ju- top three material. Home it's Al- part of our childhood. Yeah. It came out when we were kids. We had nostalgia to it, towards it. And it's great. And we're going to talk about that, but a little bit of banter. And the first thing I want to get into is something we talked about last week in our um, uh, Last Jedi review. There was a scene that you really, really, really hated. And that was the scene where Ray goes down into the dark side hole. The mirrors. The mirrors. The mirrors. The dark yes. side hole. And I think I figured out what they were trying to say there. Because basically, what did she find down there? Uh, nothing. She found mirrors. She found absolutely nothing. Pretty much telling her the dark side has nothing to offer her. As um, Kylo Ren will completely embody the dark side. She will be able to completely embody, embody the light side. Dark side has nothing for her. And that's what going down there taught her. Maybe a little deeper, more philosophical than you'd expect from this movie. And I fully admit, I am grasping at the smallest of straws in this case. But that is the explanation I am coming up with. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, I so appreciate it- that... Um, that idea. Because in that next movie, you find out that's why there was nothing down there for her. It's because it has nothing for you, Ray. Yeah. Oh, cool! Now, here's the thing, though, about this movie. Now that it's been out for like a week, a little over a week, and a lot more people have seen it, a lot more people have formed opinions, I I seem to think that outside of a very few select people that I know... Not many people are madly, like, obsessed with this movie. They, no. Like, there's only a few people out there that are saying this movie is Empire Strikes Back level. This is not Empire there's not, Strikes Back. But it's see, some people nice. do feel that way. Well, the, I think it's a very solid movie. I think, obviously, it's better than the prequel, all three prequel trilogy movies. Yeah. Um, it's not better than Force Awakens. It's not better than uh, Rogue One. Those two well, movies I'm going were with probably the, my two favorite Star Wars I'm going movies. with the main canon, the now eight um, original the eight okay. main canon The, the eight episodes, yep. The eight episodes. Obviously, I'd still say Empire Strikes Back number one. I'd probably do Force Awakens 2, and I'd probably put this three just ahead of A New Hope. Really? Okay. Just ahead. Well, it's better than um, Jedi. Okay. Not for me. I like Jedi more. You like Ewoks? Yes, I do like Ewoks. Ewoks are I like annoying. Ewoks more than little burnt owls with big eyes. <laughs> okay, you got me there, but they don't actually play that much into the story. The Ewoks They're save toys. the damn day. 
So are the Ewoks. Yeah, but they weren't toys when I was a I mean, there was, everything was a toy. Jabba the Hutt was a toy when I was a kid. <laughs> and he had a little cart, too, because I had it. He didn't, didn't have, have chained up Plinza. Didn't have Leia, chained up Leia, though. <laughs> that would have been a nice toy. That's the toy. That would have been a toy for a 10-year-old. That's the toy 10-year-old metal wanted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of ki- being kids, Home Alone, one of our favorite Christmas movies, as we talked about. Yeah. We want to give this... A, a tribute episode. Just talk a bit about things we love about the movie. Little, just maybe even just questions we have. I mean, you watch the movie and you think, well, what if this and what if that? So we're going to yes. play the what if game when it comes to Home Alone. But we're also just going to kind of give this movie a big tribute. And we will get into Home Alone 2 a little bit because Home Alone 2, I feel like, doesn't get as much love as Home Alone 1. Even though it's also a Christmas movie. Yeah. It also takes place in a big city. And it involves the majority of the main cast that the first movie had. So well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, but we'll talk a bit about Home Alone. Well, there's too obviously a lot. I mean, it's obviously just a great kids movie. Let's call it for what it really was. Yeah, it's the kiddie version of Die Hard, especially at the very end where um, uh, future sociopath Kevin McAllister sets off his house to be a house of horrors. Yes, and just lures two people in instead of calling the cops because that was his choice. Call the cops and make sure they're there when he breaks in, or set up a bunch of booby traps and torture these people. Speaking, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a question I, I have as well. Why didn't Kevin call the cops? Either time, in either movie, because he obviously had a plan, and especially in the second one. Obviously the plan was for him, the cops to catch them, for him, the cops to catch the two burglars, because he took a picture. Yeah. So why not just do what you're going to do here and say, okay, these guys are going to break in here. Now you know. Get there this time at night. Well, the second one, we'll get to that one later because I got a, a, a big question in the second one, a big plot hole in the second one we'll get to. But the first one, why do you think Kevin doesn't call the cops when he realizes that these guys are coming after his house, well, they've targeted X? Ex- why do you think he doesn't do it? Well, I th- I think they actually kind of explain it. It's in a very ticky-tack way. He steals a toothbrush, and he's afraid of the cops because he's just a stupid eight-year-old. That's he's true. being arrested. Because if you remember, too, the cop also knocked on the door. Yes. I think the movie kind of played into this little fear that a lot of young kids have, which I, I could probably relate to, is that you even as a, even as a 10- or 12-year-old, you're sort of scared of the cops. Oh, yeah. You're, I'm you're still sca- afraid you're of the cops. Even if you don't do anything wrong, you're intimidated by the cops because you're like, those guys put handcuffs, they got guns, they've got mace, they put people in jail for a living, and and you don't think about the whole, they're here to protect me. Metal? They're here to look after me. You think, bad guy. I'm 33, year old, 33 years old and still afraid of the cops. I see one out when I'm driving. Uh, um, no. Slow down. Slow down. I, do, I got, down. do I have meth on me? I don't know what meth looks like, but do I have some? Finish the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I, officer. Oh, crap. Yeah. Don't uh, worry. This was empty before no, no, I got in the car. Nothing's more nerve-wracking than being followed by the cops. Like, oh, you're on the road, and all of a sudden a cop turns out out of a fast food place or a gas station or whatever and gets right behind you yes. and tails you for, like, miles. The, the, that you just five minutes, that over. two miles, is like the most nerve-wracking. And then if they never pull you over and they just turn or they change lanes and go around you, you just think to yourself, man, 
it's a relief, but man, that was a long two minutes. Well, long two I'm minutes not- of staring at my speedometer, keeping both hands on the wheel. So I relate to Kevin. Yes. So I get why one, Kevin didn't do one it. One quick, more quick, small story about cops and being afraid of them. I was driving home on 355 one day, and cops put his sirens on right behind me. Oh, shoot, I'm being pulled over because I think I was going a little over the speed limit. Luckily, I pull over. He goes right by me and got the car in front of me. Apparently, because I was being behind him, pegged the car in front of me. I'm like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank Jesus. Because I was saved from a ticket. Because that's the worst they can do in that case, too, is give you a ticket. Well, we can tell, we can do a whole podcast on cop stories. I got cop stories for you. Oh, so well, maybe, maybe my... in the future, we will do a podcast with a... our cop stories and we'll kind of talk about live PD, which is like one of the best, yes. like late and night shows. And maybe we can bring watch. a cop in to talk about so cops. So we will, we will, we will and do tell a the whole cop why podcast. cops are bad. We will do a whole podcast at some point. I know you have that. a couple of cop stories. Oh, I, I do. know one that you so, shared with me. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But all right, but, going back but, to yes, Kevin. But back to Kevin, yes. And, Obviously, He's afraid, but there's another plot hole though, where the cop knocks on the door to see if Kevin's there. At that point, they'd say, "Well, he's not answering." They would give the parents the chance. Do you want us to break the door down to go in and check? Because also, too, the cop really didn't check windows. He didn't walk around the house. He just knocked on the front door and said, "There's nobody home." Even though you were just told by someone in Paris. First of all, why are you going to Paris for Christmas? But that's another. Um, we're going to get into that. But you were just told he got left at home. We know he's there. Go in the house. Break the damn door down. We'll pay for it because obviously we are super, super flipping rich. Yeah. Agreed. I also was thinking about this, too, in relation to Chicago cops. So when the cops do show up to get the wet bandits, there's only like two cop cars. (laughs) <laughs> There's only like three cops that arrest these two guys. Well, they were, isn't the and house Kevin calls them and says, my house is being burglarized right now. You would think cops would swarm in. And where this doesn't make sense is in another movie that came out around the same time period called Christmas Vacation. Remember the boss gets kidnapped and the SWAT team breaks through the Griswold house. They smash through every window well, just because somebody was kidnapped in the house. Well, isn't this Glencoe? And, 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 and it's this a white is different because it's a burglary. You would think that maybe that would be the response. Maybe the responses are flipped. Maybe. In the two universes. It's a white neighborhood. They don't. They're white, like, rich it's neighborhood. A white, both, rich both, neighborhood. Both we don't need that many. Um, uh, we don't need that many cops for this one. <sighs> but the wet bandits, they were striking all over the neighborhood. They were breaking in everybody's houses. The wet bandits. So oh, the wet Mar. bandits. All right. So, um, uh, you brought up the wealth of the McAllisters, and this is something yeah. that a lot of people wonder. I see, always see a lot of memes around every. People wonder what did the McAllisters do for a living to afford that house? And which, by the way, in the real world, on Zillow, that house is estimated at two point one million dollars in Winneka. Um, Winneka, not uh, Win- Winneka, not Winneka, Illinois. Um, it's estimated at $1.2 million, but, or I'm sorry, $2.1 million. For those of you not but from Chicago, the McAllisters have how many kids? They have like seven kids. They live in this mansion, and the dad, Peter McAllister, pays for the entire family, including his cheap brother yeah. and their kid, to go to Paris. Fuller. Now, now, let's, not only is the house expensive, but let's talk about that trip. You had four first class tickets. Four for the adult. 
the four adults had first class tickets on a American Airlines flight from Chicago to Paris. To Patty. And then you had all these kids, which I want to say is eight kids, mm-hmm. all flying coach. I mean, you're talking at least probably a thousand bucks round trip for all the kids. Yeah. So there's eight thousand dollars. And uh, you, you now know how first class? Now you know first first class Martin. International first class. International. Is, those are easily five grand each round trip. Maybe this even would, more. What does he do? So he's dropping almost fifty grand on just the vacation. Well, which is what. Well, can I um, go fast forward to um, uh, Home Alone 2 real quick? Which is why when he sees the bill for $967, it's like, that guy wouldn't care about $967. He's rich. Oh, I really wish they would have addressed that in Home Alone 2, what he did for a living. I was he able, has to be if you some do pay kind attention, of If you do pay attention to Home Alone 1, especially in the basement, you see a lot of mannequins. You would think that the, maybe the wife... Kate McAllister. You would think she's probably into fashion. Maybe she maybe, makes, but how could maybe she, she makes clothes or, or wedding dresses perhaps, or something. But how could she have she's a job a when how could she have a job when she's spat out seven kids? Well, that's what I'm thinking is maybe 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 she works out of the basement and she works from home doing like uh, the seamstress stuff. But that's not going to net you a salary of no. six figures plus well, unless she so is doing custom wedding what dresses. Does I mean, what would you guess? What would you guess Pete does? Like, he's an executive, maybe? And like I'm a talking CEO like a, of some company? A pharmaceutical executive? Cause he really because doesn't... back then, he wouldn't have been a like sports front office person, which, if it were nowadays, I could see, like, oh. He's I mean, he's well-dressed. He's clean-cut. You're definitely white-collar, CEO. Oh, he's white-collar something. At least a C-level guy somewhere. Maybe right? a doctor somewhere, high-end Ooh, doctor. But no, if he was doctor, you would have heard Dr. McAllister. Oh, true. That yeah. actually would have been lawyer? much better. Just to be, ooh, lawyers could call Lawyer. But Illinois for State being attorney, somebody who should be really smart, he's the way he handles the situation <laughs> when they get to Paris and realize Kevin's gone, or even when they're on the plane and realize Kevin's gone, the way they handle that whole situation, it really makes me think that he's like a little bit of an idiot. Well, yeah. And then you see that even more in Home Alone 2 because they're like, wait, they did it again! They say it at the same time, you know, and I'm like, okay, you're an idiot. Like, you're what stupid. job do you, what did you do? How do you even still have your job after wait, what you did? I think we know what he is. He's an executive at a toy company. We saw that in Big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, John Heard. He actually passed away earlier. Yes, this year. he did. I had to go with that joke, though. Like, wait, he's an executive at a toy company. But anyway, so um, we don't know what Peter McAllister does. The neighbor, the South Bend Shovel Slayer, yeah. he lives in a big house, too. What the did he house. do before? What does he do for a living? Well, what did he, he do before he retired? in a mansion next door to the McAllisters. He keeps to himself. He has a very small family that he's disconnected from. Because apparently he was creepy. Um, he doesn't appear to be working. No. Um, looks like he's retired. So, I mean, what did he do to retire and buy this giant mansion next to the McAllisters? By the way, the reason why I know this is a giant mansion is I was just I just went up there yesterday. Yeah. I, I finally wanted to go see the Home Alone house. I drove up to Vineka. It's a 35-mile drive from where I live. Drove up there, parked down the street, walked, looked at the uh, Home Alone house, looked at the uh, old man Marley's house. And, you know, there's been a lot of renovations done to the Home Alone house, by the way. They got rid of that U-shaped driveway mm-hmm. 
that pulled right up to the door where the pizza guy kept hitting the lawn jockey. <laughs> That's gone. All the bushes in that area is gone. It's now kind of like a like a like a tri-layered um, you know brick layout. Um, the driveway that went alongside the house to the garage. Well, the garage is gone, <gasps> and now the garage is behind the house, attached. So you pull up behind the house and you kind of make a right turn and turn into the garage. Well, that's so, just wrong. They shouldn't so have been. They did renovations that's there, and then on the other side of the house, they're actually building another <clears throat> addition. So the whole backyard is pretty much gone from the way you saw it in the movie, where you kind of have the door going down the stairs. That's gone. Um, the tree, Kevin's tree. I saw the tree hanging out there in the backyard. So Kevin's tree, where his clubhouse was, was still there. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty cool seeing old man Marley's uh, little sidewalk that he was caught shoveling when, when Buzz, remember Buzz is telling the story about old yeah. man Marley? He's looking out the window, you know, from one angle. You could see the window looking right at the side. Like, ah, there's Buzz's room. So kind of oh, saw where Buzz's Buzz. room was at. Uh, anyways, I thought it was pretty cool, but it was that house that Marley lived in it was a mansion as well. And See, it didn't look that big in the movie. I thought it was like, that was one of the weirder things when you think about it. I thought that was like a smaller house, and it's like, why is that small? Why is that shack next to them? Why is he living in the guest house? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, um, the South Bend Shovel Slayer. And why uh, would he be the South Bend shovel slayer? That when that goes north of the city, people. Yeah. All right. When and that's, goes... let's let's stick with the beginning of the movie, though. A couple other things I wanted to point out. So Joe Pesci is not a cop, but he's in a cop uniform and he's just standing in the living room. How did he get How in? How did he get in? Good who, question. Who opened the door and said, "Come on in," or did he just open the door and invite himself in? Because he's a cop. And cops can do that, apparently. But at the same time, with all these, like, you know, he's like, oh, it must be a fancy orphanage. He's not seeing any adults. Well, where were, so we know the McAllisters were upstairs in the bedroom. Yeah. Um, where was Frank at? Where was, where was Uncle Frank at? Like, oh, he was watching a movie. That's right, because Kevin complained that they, Uncle Frank wouldn't let him watch the movie. That was for his own benefit, as it turned yeah, out. Yeah, so, all right, so that makes sense. But anyway, so out of all the kids, though, I was thinking about this when I was watching the movie the other day. Okay. It's Out of all be... of the McAllister kids, say you're in the same age group as them and you go to school with them, which yeah. one of the McAllister kids do you think you would be friends with? Oh, that's a good question. Well, you got to put yourself in, in there. Obviously, you're talking, you're talking is... about early 90s, probably junior high, maybe freshman year well, high school. I was school. a little younger than you, remember? Like, I don't even think most of the kids are in high school. Maybe Buzz is like a freshman in high school, but everybody else is. I probably... put them all in junior high. Well, the problem is the only ones that have any kind of real development are Buzz, Fuller, and Kevin. The daughters have nothing. They just deliver. Well, they got attitude. They have attitude, but that's about it. You know, I could see myself being buddies with Buzz. Buzz, all right. Well, Buzz, Buzz came across as kind of like the jockey bully guy. So, like when I was in junior high, there was like a Buzz in 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 one yeah, of my classes. Yeah, but he ended up being. And okay. I didn't like him. I didn't like him because I was just sort of like, nah, you're you're just because because you're bigger than everybody else. You, you you feel like you you can pick on people more. But the second movie because that's where Buzz okay. kind of where he reminds me of. I would say in junior high and any of the McAllister kids, probably the one I think I would be friends with was Jeff McAllister. He's the freckled kid. Oh right, I, I forgot. And he's the one who's like Kevin. You're such a disease. I I like him because he's a little bit of a smartass, but he's also a little nerdy. And to me, like, I had friends similar to him when I was in junior high. I figured now, you'd be a Now, in high school, fooler. Buzz probably would be more my friend. 
Um, but in you're, June no, of you're I, friends yeah. with Fuller's um, uh, medal. Oh, Fuller. You and Fuller hanging out because you, no one else No, will. see, Kevin reminds me of my brother. So Fuller would remind me of, like, one of my brother's friends. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as the girls go, yeah, we didn't really get much of them. But who's the the really snobby one? Was that Sandra that was just like I can I can't remember their names. I didn't even know if they I'm had looking names. them all up at IMDb. But uh, yeah, I think that's the one where um, the one that like, speaks French to yeah, him. Yeah, you're with the French call. That one, like she's kind of snobby, but she would have been like a crush I would have had in junior. Oh God, high. yeah, she was the one I was crushing on. Like I don't think I'd crush on any of the other girls in junior high. Um, well, can I talk about one of my favorite parts about the first Home Alone movie? And that is the fear of the basement and the um, uh, furnace. Because that is something that movie did so well. That was a big furnace, you too. All, you ever, everyone had that some, furnace. Like, I know. Tubes are going everywhere. It's well, like a spider. Well, everyone had something in their house that kind of scared them when they were young. And I watch that now. I'm like, yeah, I can remember um, being afraid of things in my house, being afraid of the dark, being afraid of this. And it's down in the basement. It makes loud noises. Just scary. Yeah. And just seeing him conquer that fear was kind of neat. No, I agree. Um, I think uh, the shocking value when you watch the movie now and you think about how people talked in the 90s, <sighs> you watch it now and you're like, man, it's like some of this, some of this stuff in the movie is very like borderline um mean mean and and something a lot of people probably wouldn't let their kids watch you know where you got buzz saying i wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you're growing on my ass um and you know <laughs> how do you and then, and then one of my favorite lines from from the the wet bandits is when they almost hit kevin and and daniel stern marv says santa claus doesn't visit the funeral home <laughs> i love that line uh, you know how they um got that scene, by the way, of um uh, the car almost hitting him. Well, j- just um did the car in reverse, because that's actually Kevin in front of it when he's screaming. Oh so really? They, so they just backed away and then reverse. Oh okay. Did you think they'd put Ke- um uh, Macaulay Culkin in that kind of danger? Well, at the time, nobody knew who Macaulay Culkin was. This was his breakout. Well, it was. But still, they weren't going to put their new cash cow. Yeah. No, I, I... In danger. I agree. And do you remember last year when we talked about this movie, we talked about the theory out there about Gus's character, John Candy. The theory oh, yeah. that he's the devil, which I, I got to mention it again just because we're doing a tribute episode to Home Alone. Is He's not the devil. He's just a nice guy. Yeah, but there's a Reddit theory that you should definitely Google. I've, I've read it on Reddit. I'm talking to listeners. There's a, there's a Reddit yes. theory out there you could read that points out that they think Gus's character in the airport played by John Candy, that he's the devil. And, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of point to signs and language that is spoken that makes it seem like it's something that's worth just thinking about. And, and I tell you what, ever since I read that last year, every single time I've watched this movie and that scene happens, Right when she says the line, and if I have to sell my soul to the devil, and John Candy perks over his shoulder and starts walking towards her, I'm like, I, I just can't stop but think about the whole devil it's theory. A, it's a fun, I, I think about it when I watch theory. it every time. I just don't think it is. But whatevs. Yeah, it's it's just it's uh it's interesting. That's all. It is a very interesting, fun theory. 
Um, I suppose we should get into the nitty-gritty, which is Kevin's battle with the wet bandits as he, once again, as we said, decides not to call the cops, decides, these people are going to break into my house. I'm going to torture them. Yeah, but when you really watch the movie now, like as a kid, it was really funny, but now you think, okay, how much of this is him torturing them and how much of this is those two guys just being complete idiots? Well, how much? Well, like, I think about the it. example when Marv climbs through the window with no shoes on and steps on the ornaments. How do you not look to see what's on the ground before you step down? Well, that is him being stupid. No That's doubt. him being stupid. Um, well, how many times do you no, think Kevin's No, I get the whole ice falling people. down the stairs thing. That will happen to anybody. That would tell. I'm surprised it didn't happen to the pizza guy when he delivered Kevin a pizza. <laughs> um, but. You know, the micro machines, you don't see those laying there. Um, well, they, the the tripwire he puts at the top of the stairs doesn't see that. Well, those ones, they're now focused on just getting this kid who has tortured them for the past 20 minutes. All right. And let's talk about the probably the worst. Probably about the least, the, 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 the most idiotic thing they did was the rope scene. Once again, they are 100% focused on getting that kid. But here, here all right, so let's, let's replay this scene. So, and he's calling he, the cops. He ziplines over to the clubhouse. They go to the window, and they're like, oh, let's go. And he goes, no, he wants us to go back through his booby-trapped tra- house. Exactly. And they decide to climb the rope. Both of them decide to climb the rope. Why don't you split up? Hey, you go around outside. I'm going to climb the rope. Um, Not to mention, like, would you climb that rope? That was high up. I just think it's cool that his parents gave him a zip line, honestly. Yeah. His parents gave him a zip line from his room to a clubhouse. A clubhouse. Do you know how? And there's no no safety netting, by the way. No, and he's like three stories up. I mean, I would go over to that house all the time, but eventually I probably would be the one kid to fall and break his arm and die. Yeah. And by the way, how many times um, should um, the wet bandits have died in that? You know, when... Um, uh, well, just falling down the stairs. Well, the stairs. The concrete stairs, like, that's a hello, CTE. Well, no, he, that's a broken neck at the very bottom. Knocked unconscious, broken neck, um... When he um, uh, gets hit with the um, iron, that's a concussion, fractured skull. And I'll tell you what, too, like, even after that happens, like, say the first time you wipe out down those concrete steps on the ice. Not worth it. Bust up your back, huge splitting headache. You're going to keep going? I'd be like, oh, I'm going home. <laughs> like, like, Marv, I, it's Marv. Not, it's not worth it for a TV or whatever else is in this, some jewelry. I'll just come back another day. Like Harry? This isn't worth it. But Marv, no. Marv, I quit. I just fell down a flight of concrete <laughs> stairs. You fell down. Look at your hand. No. We're leaving. And the doorknob. Remember, he hits the doorknob? Yes, the doorknob. Oh. I said, your hand looks like crap. And then you're going to go inside. Look, you know what? You fine. You go in. See what happens. His head gets set on fire. See? Let's get the heck out of here. This guy, kid's a psychopath. Let's sue this household for a bunch of money because we got hurt here and we can win in court. Yeah. And as fans of the movie, 
I gotta say, I feel really, really let down that Angels with Filthier Souls is not a real movie. Because <laughs> if that was a how real movie, I would, would love to see it. Okay, how much would you pay for um, a, a movie th- a company to release just that now? For them to do like a one-hour noir version, Angels with Filthy Mouths. Yes, I would. And I would you wouldn't need that. to do these same scenes. Obviously, you could. You'd have to recreate them, but you get real actors to do them this time. Just yeah. tell a story with, like that. That would be awesome. I agree. I would go see it. Uh, let's get a Kickstarter going. Yeah, I, I'm in. Let's <laughs> kickstart this. And then I love in Home Alone 2 where you pick up on the, I could smell you getting off the elevator. <laughs> I mean, it's I, a classic. Hey, let's be honest. Tim Curry was awesome in the second one. Oh, yeah. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about the second let's one. Let's get into I, number I mentioned, two. I mentioned before the biggest plot hole in the beginning of this movie. So Kevin realizes he's in New York. Why doesn't he just go and say, hey, I got on the wrong airplane. My family's in Florida. I'm on this plane. I was supposed to be on this plane. They would have just... put him on a plane to Florida instantly. Especially nowadays. Like, oh, crap, we screwed up. Get this kid to Florida. Get him to Florida now. Well, first of all, if a kid walked off a plane all by himself, gate agent, go, go, go. Get that kid. Agreed. Of course, and also, uh, didn't they notice that um, Kevin was missing on the plane again? All they would have had to do is tell the um, uh, flight deck he must have gotten on the wrong plane and tried to figure out where he's at he at the went. airport. He got on the wrong plane. Like what? He had know. to get on a similar um, this, American Airlines plane. Too, I mean, there's security cameras all over the place. They could have looked for him. They would have gotten him in time. And then just put him out, and then the movie's over. Or yeah, or they would have gotten to him before he left. Because I'm trying to think, Chicago to Florida, Chicago New York, almost the same distance. Well, they also would have had go. bar scanners, so it'd be like, this uh, this ain't your flight, kid. Sorry. Well, remember with the tickets, he ran into the agent, and tickets went everywhere. And she goes, "Are you supposed to be on this plane?" He goes, "Yeah, my dad just ran." Out. All right, go on. They of course, that done would that. never fly right now. That wouldn't. But be- back then, I could see that maybe. No, going. not even back then, they wouldn't have done that. Really. No, they're not going to let a kid on for free. Well, just like, in, they don't know. All right. I mean, I, I, I give him a pass on that plot hole. I don't. I was more or less not understanding of how he was able to, uh, you know, just get in a limo. Well, he had his dad's credit I, card. I know he had his dad's credit card, his dad's cash, so he was able to just do whatever he wanted while he was in New York. New York, New York. Um, love the, uh, love the idea of him calling the hotel and making a reservation and then showing up. And I love when he sass talks, lady, I'm 10 years old. I, you think I'm in New York by myself? <laughs> I, I love Good that. Good point. Oh, the toy store. Remember the toy store in Home Alone 2? Yeah, that toy store was awesome. That's the toy store I always wanted to go to. I realized it was just a stand-in for FAO Schwartz. Yeah. But still, it's like, that's awesome. Let's talk about the other problem uh, in the movie, and that's the huge, enormous plot hole with the Wet Bandit's plan. They're going to stay inside those little houses until the store closes. They're going to check those, and worse, well, also, what if one gets sold? Well, somebody buys one of the houses. <laughs> exactly, one of them buys them. Oh, but I want this one. Harry! 
And again, going back to them being idiots, in that scene where they grab Kevin and Kevin runs away, he grabs the pearl necklaces from the street vendor, ah. runs across the street and drops all the beads on the ground. The sidewalk is littered with people. He drops all these beads down, and those two idiots are the only two that steps on the beads and fall. Well, once again, grabbing him in broad daylight, not smart either. Oh, well, he screamed. He didn't do that. He was like, oh, and everybody just looked. So that. Yeah, but if he kept screaming, that's when people would have um, noticed, like, okay, maybe something is a little wrong. Yeah. But I get it. It's supposed to be a New York moment. New York stinks. New York's full of uh, jaded, heartless bastards. If you're listening in New York, we love you. Oh, we got we to gotta point out, too, how very awesome or very, very polite it was. Yeah. For President Trump to help Kevin out when he was lost at the hotel. Remember, he stops the rant. He's like, excuse me, can you tell me where the Why lobby is? Still... And it turns around, it's Trump. He's like, just go down here, and the and, lobby's right over there. I'm and like, then oh, he ke- look at that. Future president helping out Kevin lost yeah. in New York. <laughs> and then he stared at Kevin as he walked yes. away. He's oh, creepy. yeah, the over-the-shoulder the over <laughs> stare. Yeah, like, look at that kid Look at go. that kid. He must work out. <laughs> <laughs> then the old dumb and dumber, he must work out. Yes. Because he just, well, that's just about him not knowing how to act. He's just like, I want people to make sure the people see my face. <laughs> I'm still on camera. I'm going to keep staring. Keep yes. staring. Just in case people watching the movie don't realize you're Donald Trump, we got to put you in the frame a little bit longer. So Well, we apparently uh, he demanded to be in it because it was filmed at his hotel or something. Or Oh, it was filmed at his hotel? Or some such nonsense. I remember reading a story about this about a year and a half ago saying, he demanded to be in it. I want blah, to be blah. in it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> on him. But uh, still pretty cool, I think, that a uh, future president helps out uh, helps out young Kevin when he's lost. But also, as you mentioned about Tim Curry's character. Just awesome. For being somebody who plays concierge, not very concierge-like, he right off the bat was a villain. Yeah. Like, right off the bat, he, he looks at Kevin like, what is that doing in my hotel? Well, once and, again... And just kind of had um, that attitude about him. And then and then he got the girl by the... I want you to get all the... And then the bellhop. I want you to get all the information you can on that kid. Well, once again... Um, it's like, man, he's just like... <laughs> well, that is the biggest problem because... Well, well here's, the, here's the thing about this. Is I watch that now and I wonder... It's believable because sometimes yes. I go into hotels and people are just looking at you like... You don't look like you belong in this hotel. I'm just going to stare at you and yeah, think to myself, but more importantly, what could he's you a, be up to? He's a kid who just checked in by himself. You, your, instincts, your instincts are telling you this is a little hinky, and your um, uh, first response is to try and throw him out instead of trying to figure out where the bleep his parents are. Well, not only that, but if you're the girl at the front desk, and he's trying to pay with a credit card, he's trying to check into a room, and he's giving the story about his dad's in a meeting, he just dropped them off. Check it out. Uh I'd be like, all right, well, we need to talk to your dad. Well, more we importantly, the, okay, once again, back to the um, dad being an idiot. Oh, good, he's got my credit card. Once he uses it, we'll know where he is. Movie over in about the first time um, afterwards. Oh, the card oh, was just used in New York. card was just used in New York. Get At to the this airport. hotel. Oh, let's call the hotel. Oh, call the hotel. Okay, let him check in. Give him a room. We'll be up there. We'll be there in three hours. We'll be there. In th- if not that, we'll be up there tomorrow. we got to get a flight. This happened last year. Make sure he's taken care of. But no, 
we need to throw this kid out because he's not um, one of us. He's not fancy enough to belong here. Throw his butt out on the street. <laughs> yeah, well, and now down in Miami, the McAllisters, what is with that hotel that they ended up at? Yeah, what happened to you, uh, Mr. So McAllister? So I understand that Peter McAllister, he lost his wallet and his cash. But Kate should still have her wallet or purse. And they probably have linked credit cards. And and to me, there was like a big plot hole there because they're at the they're at the airport security. They're like, oh, well, and then it's like, all right, we need to go to a hotel. And they go to this trash dump hotel. And I'm just thinking to myself, all right, all right, maybe this is the hotel that like the only hotel that Frank could pay for. So maybe Frank is paying for the hotel because even Frank says that when they pull up, he goes, oh, looks it looked better at our honeymoon. He makes that comment, so I'm yeah. thinking to myself, all right, this is a, this is Frank's doing this hotel. Maybe Frank but is paying for Frank this. Frank didn't have to pay for that hotel. Where is where's Kate's money? Exactly, but there are. I mean, you and talk about the. I mean, I don't think I've seen a worse looking hotel. Like even Bad Santa had like a dirt bag hotel. Yeah. That didn't look as bad. I mean, this looked. Oh, they bad. did great. They did good at making that look like a crap hotel. That good, uh, good on you, production designers. <laughs> but no, there's a lot of plot holes. But in the end, both movies they give you that kind of little warm, fuzzy feeling. Maybe less now that you and I are old, oh. jaded, misanthropic old men. Yeah. Well, hey, let's talk about more, more problems with Home Alone Two. I, oh, you want? I gotta go back this. to the beginning of Home Alone Two when they're doing the caroling. All right, Buzz is doing something harmless, holding the fake lighted candles uh, or by Kevin's ears to make it look like he had like elf ears or something. Not that funny. Kevin's got the a short entire fuse. audience is bursting in laughter like it's the funniest thing they've ever seen it's in the their lives. It's the first time they've ever seen it. This is a universe where humor didn't exist. I don't know. And and then and then all Kevin does is push him. And everybody dominoes all over the place. Because the apparently, tree falls and knocks the old lady off the piano. Buzz has no And why is that Kevin's remedy. fault? Why is Kevin being held responsible? Because Buzz, 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 Buzz gives it. off this apology, which you can tell is fake, from the minute he says, Family, I'd like to offer my sincere apologies. I was immature today. I, and it's like, no, and the parents Buzz, can't that figure that and out. Your apology doesn't work because you're a jerk. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. I raised a jerk. I hate you. I should have. And I applaud Kevin for being real. I'm not sorry. Buzz humiliated me. The whole theater was laughing, laughing at me. I'm McCauley. I mean Kevin McAllister. They don't know me. They don't know that I took down the wet bandits. I took down the wet bandits, not the cops. Me. I'm a hero. Yes. Everyone should love me. Agreed. But no, you get the warm, fuzzy feelings in the at the end of both movies as they play the John Williams score. Yes, and you you feel happy. Everyone comes together, and then Kevin gets in trouble at the very end in both movies. He really didn't get in trouble at the end of Home Alone. Buzz wanted to kill him. He just said, Kevin, what did you do to my room? And then he was going to kill him. And then once again, as we um, established, Kevin's dad would not have cared about a $960 um, hotel bill. 
because the guy is just straight up balder. He he's got filthy money. rich. He's filthy rich. Nine hundred sixty-seven dollars. <laughs> what was there any reward money for the wet bandits that Kevin should have gotten? Probably in both movies. Yeah. Well, they broke out of prison, so yeah, there would have been reward money. Yeah. He probably made fifty k. Good for him. So, um, you got any more thoughts as we are closing out our Home Alone um, retrospective? You know, one, one thought I had, I was thinking about this when I was watching the movie, I'm like, what the hell is in that ice cream sundae he's eating? In rea- reality, and what it was on set, or what it was? No, what, in- it, what he was eating. I mean, because I saw marshmallows, I saw syrup, I saw whipped cream. That was every, a pretty big ice cream sundae he was every, eating when he was watching Angel with Filthy Souls. Every treat you could possibly get, just... Throw it on in. I will say this, though, as we wrap up. It's in, It's almost a crime not to watch Home Alone and have a cheese pizza. You have to have a cheese pizza. I like pepperoni pizza. Mm, Got to have cheese. That's what I did. I watched it last week. Forget, cheese pizza, Home Alone. Forget your cheese. Pepperoni for life. Mm. But um, I want to thank everyone for listening as we close out our retrospective on Home Alone. We're going to be back probably next week. We'll have plenty to talk about. This um, second season of Supergirl and the entire CW lineup are coming up. We probably have to touch on uh, a bit of The Walking Dead, a bit of a lackluster first half. Agreed. All sorts of other things to talk about. We're going to do that coming up next week. You have been listening to the Hillcrest Duo. I am Brad Risto, Outsider Brad on Twitter. I am joined by Metal John. At Metal John Radio on Twitter, and this has been episode 76. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. See you next week.